I know, I completely forgot to get to the Trump-Russia Shana message last time. I teased it right at the outset of the show, and then I never actually came back to that story. I'll read you that message. It's a great message. If I actually remember this time, I'm doing it first, so don't worry. But uh, look, it's a busy time of year. What can I say? You know, obviously, Yomim Toivim going on, and in between all that, I wasn't even sure if I was going to do a show today. And I said, you know what? We can't. It's just too much of a gap in between shows, so I have to push, now, even though it's very hard to find the time, not complaining, all good things, Baruch Hashem, some personal things, obviously getting ready for Yomim Toivim, everything else. One of these days, maybe I'll give you a little bit more of a glimpse. I know some of you ask, some of you are curious about my family life. Believe me, nothing too riveting. By far the most exciting part of my life is that I do this semi-secret podcast that's the worst kept secret because a lot of my close friends know. But uh, either way, we'll get to the Trump Rosh Hashanah message. Look, I'm sorry. And I had it. It was in my notes. It was right there. But I had to, like, cut the short, the show short for various reasons, and I just didn't end up getting to it. Uh, that's coming up. Does anybody really believe that there's even a Republican primary, that it's not already finished, it's not already over and decided, and, like, that's it? Like, they, they're just going through the motions? Does anybody think that Nikki Haley or Mike Pence or Ron DeSantis has a shot at, uh, at uh, overthrowing Trump, at dethroning Trump? So we got a new poll, and not only does Trump continue to dominate, but Ron DeSantis in New Hampshire has dropped to fifth place. Big blow, and New Hampshire's a crucial state because it's the earliest state. It's the, the, the Iowa caucuses, and then you have the New Hampshire is the first official primary. Obviously, caucuses and primaries are almost the same thing. So this is a very big deal here for Ron DeSantis. And I was thinking, you know, obviously Trump has done a lot to hurt. Yeah, yeah I understand Nikki Haley and others are kind of overtaking Pence in this race, but the damage is done by Trump, let's be honest. And I was thinking about this, just to give this some thought, and we have a lot to get to, but 2016, right? Who are the three big front runners, the three big poster boys for the Republican Party before Trump came along and just completely obliterated everyone? You had Jeb Bush, he was like the favorite, right? Remember that? And that seems like ancient history. And you had Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. And look, I respect all these people. You know that, uh, look, I'm a big fan of Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is very, very conservative. He's a huge supporter of Trump. He's one of the most conservative members of the, uh, of the Senate, for sure. Marco Rubio, more of a moderate. Jeb Bush, I've expressed heavy disappointment that the Bushes have not, even though George Bush, after 9-11, did a lot of heroic things, but it, things have changed. It's just, it's just bizarre. I'm just puzzled. I don't even know what to say. They just, they, they, the Trump derangement syndrome, right? But either way, here's my point, is that those big three, Rubio, the, uh, Cruz, and Jeb Bush, Trump targeted them, and Trump came up with the nicknames, and he belittled them, and whatever you say about that, it just did in irre irreversible damage, irreparable damage, because maybe they're still waiting. I still think that Rubio wants to be president. I think Cruz wants to be president, but they're like, no way, we're not getting anywhere near this thing until Trump is well, well, uh, you know, out of the picture. So it's just fascinating how we cho totally, it's not the Republican Party anymore. It's the Trump Party. I don't, it's undeniable. All right. So we're going to get into that. Senator Chuck Schumer has loosened the dress code in the Senate. No more jackets and ties required, although now they're trying to overturn that. So this is fascinating. He's getting a lot of backlash from Democrats in addition to Republicans, the traditionalists who say that you need to have a dress code. You need to wear a jacket. You need to have respect for the Senate chamber. And Schumer did it. Why? Because of John Fetterman, to accommodate John Fetterman, who walks around in, in a sweatsuit, walks around in shorts and a hoodie in the Senate. And a lot of people are angry. We'll get to that coming up. New York City is tearing down statues of George Washington. Believe it or not, you got illegals flooding into the city in droves, overtaking New York City. New York City is infested, and the city council is busy tearing down statues of our founding fathers. And then they wonder why foreign leaders like think that our entire country is just falling off the cliff. I mean, it's, we're just all crazy. 
By the way, there is not going to be a government shutdown. You heard it here first. Don't let the media scare you. I think a government shutdown is a good thing. But just as far as a prediction goes, I know that it's not going to happen, which means that the moderates will step in and save the day for McCarthy. It's going to be the moderates and the Democrats voting in favor of this massive spending bill. The conservatives, you know, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think, Matt Matt Gates and the conservatives, they are going to vote against the spending bill. That's what I predict is going to happen. But there will not be a shutdown. I guarantee it. You heard it here first. All that's coming up. Welcome to... The Yaakov M. Show on Yeshiva International, Vin News, Nucky Radio, and other podcast platforms. Send us an email, josh at vinnews.com, josh at vinnews.com. President Trump, as I said, uh, uh, prior to Russia Shana, President Trump sent out a, we're finally getting to it, yes, okay, sent to, I'm not Joe Biden, I, I do mostly remember things. Uh, Trump, that, that was a low blow. I apologize. Okay, it, it came out. What can I do? President Trump uh, sent out this Rosh Hashanah message saying that liberal Jews voted to destroy America and Israel by supporting Biden. Let me read you this uh, Rosh Hashanah message from Trump. Just a quick reminder for liberal Jews who voted, and, and, and this does not make Trump anti-Semitic. This doesn't make Trump anti-Jewish. And Trump understands that religious Jews at the firm community staunchly supports him, and he appreciates it very much. He'll, you know, he'll, re, he'll like quote rabbis. I mean, he will quote from people all the time. But he, but, but he recognizes, and he's kind of baffled why the majority of Jews, which we're talking about secular Jews here, they just they can't help it. They're just Democrats. It's in their blood. It's like a religion to them. Quote, just a quick reminder of liberal Jews who voted to destroy America and Israel because you believed in false narratives. Let's hope you learn from your mistake and make better choices moving forward. So he's still optimistic, I guess. Happy New Year. Wake up, sheep. What anti-Semite Nazi ever did this for the Jewish people? Number one, Trump moved the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, Israel's true capital. No other president uh, had the courage to do that. Trump recognizes Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights, recognizes Israel's sovereignty over uh, Judea and Samaria. Trump signs an executive order for Judaism to be nationally, a uh, nationality in addition to a religion, so it falls under um, the category Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits discrimination based on race. Basically, Trump made it easier for campuses, for Jewish students who are harassed on college campuses to file complaints, and there would be consequences. Trump signed the Never Again Education Bill into law, allocating millions of dollars to expand Holocaust awareness. Uh, Trump says, clearly one of the greatest anti-Semites of our time. So good for Trump. We've said it before. No one can deny how incredibly much he's done for the Jewish community, for Israel. And he does, just doesn't get the gratitude that he deserves. He said that when he moved the embassy, he had more evangelicals. And look, there's a lot more evangelicals than Jews, period, in the population. But a lot more evangelicals writing to him with messages of gratitude and support, and support than he did from Jews, which is Pretty fascinating. I do want to mention, I was going to wait till later, but a caller, you know, left me a voicemail uh, talking about the debate. He was basically saying that Tucker Trump, and I didn't didn't get to to watch most of the Tucker Trump interview. I have to tell you that, full disclosure. But uh, that was up against the debate, the Republican debate. And this caller said, listen, you know, Trump, Tucker, that's not as exciting to him. This is what the caller said. He said, it's not as exciting, not as riveting as Trump on CNN, that town hall with Caitlin Collins, a fiery town hall. Or he said that Trump and NB, being interviewed on NBC last week, or MSNBC, which, uh, or NBC, one of those, I, I have to listen to that as well. But he said that actually, there were a lot of fireworks, a lot of sparks. It was vintage Trump, because when Trump is actually uh, speaking to an, uh, an oppositional reporter, a reporter who's grilling him, a leftist reporter, a leftist journalist, Trump is actually much more entertaining and fun 
than when it's somebody like Tucker who supports him or Hannity, which I totally understand that perspective. It's fun to watch a debate, especially Trump. And Trump, let's be honest, he's the only one. Biden would never, ever go on with Biden. Biden's afraid to be interviewed by his own wife at this point. Biden doesn't know the answers to anything. But even a lot of these other, Gavin Newsom, I give Gavin Newsom credit. He went on with Hannity. Gavin Newsom, I think, is more willing to. But most of these candidates, they're afraid of their own shadow. They will never, ever get on with a hostile journalist. Trump says, bring them on. I will debate anyone and everyone because I know the truth. So I, I know the fact they're on my side. I make the case. Clearly and eloquently, I have nothing to hide. And so the caller said it would have been better for the ratings to have Trump being interviewed on NBC or something like that or CNN than by Tucker. But I just wanted to make that point that people like Trump because he's real, because he's fearless, he's indicted left and right, you know, still manages to sleep at night, and he has no problem. I, ha I believe in my policies, and I will defend them, and I don't care if you ask me anything under the sun. There's no politician who does that. All right, Hunter Biden, there's another story that we didn't get to. Hunter Biden sued the IRS for defamation. Uh, he says that this, these whistleblowers, IRS whistleblowers, who, which they weren't even doing it on the auspices of the IRS, but Hunter Biden says that by the IRS, IRS employees publicly declaring that he's a felon and that he committed all these crimes and they were covered up, he's suing the IRS. You can't make this stuff up. So here, Hunter Biden the, the, the IRS is publicly defaming him because they're accusing him of being corrupt, which he is, and getting away with it because his father's the president, so the whole system is rigged. Remember, literally, the AG, literally, Merrick Garland fired the entire IRS team investigating Hunter Biden. And, and, of course, the media totally ignores that. So you commit a bunch of crimes. You don't get charged. You get protected. It's rigged. Then they publicize your crimes, and you sue them. You're the criminal. You're the criminal. You're suing them for defamation. It's it's insane. You know, imagine El Chapo suing the FBI for arresting him. Or imagine like a drug lord, a drug kingpin, and for some reason doesn't get indicted. And the FBI puts out a warning, hey, this, be, be, beware of this drug kingpin, and puts up like posters at, at the post office saying America's most wanted criminal. And he sues the FBI. But this is like the insanity that we're living through. Hunter Biden, I mean, hopefully it'll get tossed out. But Hunter Biden suing the IRS for defamation of character. It's... <laughs> I mean, Trump gets indicted. 91 indictment counts against Trump. I don't remember him suing. He should, and, and maybe he will eventually. Or who knows what he'll do if he becomes president again. And Hunter Biden's suing the IRS. Hunter Biden, the artist. All right, uh, so two polls, one in New Hampshire, one in Iowa. And Ron DeSantis, as I said, getting crushed in New Hampshire. He fell to fifth place. So he is now trailing not just Trump, who dominates, but he's and it's over. I, I don't know. What can anybody tell me? We're in September now. So it, it's like, oh, well, there's still time. We've got a few months until the primary. We're in September. Trump has held steady. He, he didn't participate in the, in the debate. He's holding strong. And, and like when exactly who's going to overtake him? When is it going to happen? Do they consolidate? Are a bunch of people going to drop out? Like, how is this going to play out where Trump like drops him by like 35 points? It's just unbelievable. So they're fighting for second place. Um, you got DeSantis behind Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, and Chris Christie. This is a CNN poll. Now, a CNN poll, Trump is actually lower in this poll than he's been in other polls. Um, now, it's New Hampshire. It's not a national poll, so you never know. But Trump is still at 39%. And CNN, I think that's going to slant the most anti-Trump, right? So if CNN, their audience, if they're polling or their, their target demographic, you'd have to believe underrepresents Trump, I would think. But either way, it doesn't matter because he still has a commanding lead. He's at 39 um, CNN says there's a close contest for second place with Ramaswamy at 13, Nikki Haley at 12, and Chris Christie. Chris Christie has been focusing heavily on New Hampshire. 
He's at 11%. So you got DeSantis behind Chris Christie. I mean, that's a humiliating. And I like DeSantis. I want to be very clear here. I, I don't want to come off as somehow being critical of Ron DeSantis. But you really wonder if this could hurt his political career because he was the heavy favorite in terms of when you ask your average person, hey, who's besides Trump? Who's the leader of the party? Who's the next rock star? It was DeSantis. And he's, whole, he's, he's at fifth place in New Hampshire. He dropped 13 points in July. And by the way, a lot of people you know, were not enthralled by Ron DeSantis. I think Ron DeSantis did fine in, in the last debate, the first debate. Uh, and uh, a lot of people not thrilled with him. So that's interesting. Bob Menendez, I wanted to mention that we said Trump faces 91 criminal charges. Not Trump been indicted. Unbelievable. So Bob Menendez, senator from New Jersey, actually, he and his wife were indicted on bribery charges. And Menendez, he's been embroiled in scandals for years. I think he was never actually indicted, although there were big investigations. But now he's been indicted, he and his wife, and they found like gold bars in like Bob Menendez's house. Like, I mean, this definitely sounds very incriminating. And I, I have a theory that maybe Bob Menendez, maybe he was worried because he's going to have challengers when he runs for re-election in the Senate in New Jersey. Maybe he saw Trump getting indicted. Every time Trump gets indicted, his poll numbers shoot up. Maybe Menendez thought, hey, I have a good strategy. Let me accept a bunch of bribes and gold bars and who knows what else. And let me be really corrupt and get indicted. And maybe that'll help, him, help me in the polls. All right. The, the, I don't know how that came in, in, in between, but I got a second poll here. We're all over the place. As you know, listen, I got a lot of caffeine in my system. I hope you can keep up. I, I'm not sure I can keep up. Iowa State, but that's part of the fun. Iowa State University. This is a poll in Iowa from a couple of weeks ago. You got 51%. These are likely uh, voters in the Iowa caucuses. Uh, former President Trump, top choice, 51% for Trump. Then DeSantis in second place at 14%, so a nearly 40-point lead. Nikki Haley at 10%, Ramaswamy at 9%. And here's what I, I find interesting about this poll is they ask voters, which candidate are you most opposed to? So not just positive. They wanted to know the negative. Which candidate do you feel most negatively about? And I thought maybe we'd see Trump. I thought maybe Trump, because he's polarizing, I thought Trump would be the candidate who's viewed in the most negative light, and he's not. He's number three. So pretty amazing. Not only is Trump dominating among his supporters, but the, the, the people who, let's call it, don't like Trump, they don't even pick Trump for the most part as being the candidate that they dislike. So isn't that interesting? The mo who's the most dislikable candidate? Well, almost a third of respondents to this poll said Chris Christie. And that makes sense because, you know, any, any decent Republican voter looks at Chris Christie as a sellout. Uh, meanwhile, Mike Pence and a lot of Trump supporters view Mike Pence as a sellout for obvious reasons. So Mike Pence, the former VP, the former VP, 20% oppose him, almost a third oppose Chris Christie. And then Trump is the only other one with more than 10% opposition. He has 18% saying they don't want him. So Trump only has an 18% negativity rating amongst Republicans, at least in Iowa, where Chris Christie has a third. So pretty amazing. All right. Uh, and look, we have to see how it all plays out. Meanwhile, a, a new poll uh, showing Biden and Trump in a dead heat. Biden, this is a national poll. This is a, a really a very, very recent poll that was taken this week. And it shows Biden versus Trump, just a head-to-head -head battle for the general Biden against Trump. And Trump is gaining momentum in this poll. You have, uh, it's YouGov Yahoo. So it's a Yahoo News poll. Biden and Trump, 44%, each one at 44% amongst registered voters. 
and Biden is trending down because Biden lost a bunch of points in this poll. You had the same poll, YouGov, Yahoo News, last month. Biden had a, a, an edge over Trump. Biden was beating Trump 47 to 41 percent. So the way this was reported, where I saw it, I think I found it in The Hill, is Biden had a slight dip. They're, they're calling it Biden had a slight edge over Trump. Now, now they're neck and neck, and they're calling it a slight dip. It's much more than a slight dip. But uh, you had Biden at 47 to 41 percent. So you literally had Biden was beating Trump by six points in the last poll, and now they're neck and neck. That's a very, very big drop for Biden, and not a surprise. And here's what's interesting about this poll, is that uh, the media narrative, this is fascinating, because this poll shows they asked if, whether they asked voters in this poll whether Biden's age is a problem. So you have 70 percent, duh, I mean, <laughs> you consider Biden's age to be a problem. How could anybody say no? So 77% of of respondents said Biden's age is a problem, whereas 64% say that Trump's age is a problem. So here's what, and here's what, so again, there's more for Biden than for Trump, for obvious reasons, you would hope, but 77% say Biden, that's close, that is way too close, and I'm going to explain why. It's very interesting, and it's it's disturbing. You have 77% saying Biden's age is a problem, 64% say Trump's age is a problem. The problem is it's not about age and the media, by making it about age, they're winning. And let me explain why. Two reasons. Number one, it's not about his age because Trump is older right now or the same age that Biden was when Biden first became president. And Trump is a million times more capable and more lucid. Trump is as sharp as I've ever seen him. And Biden, four years ago, was out to lunch, was incoherent, and he's only gotten worse. (laughs) Like, I listen to some of these clips from Biden from 2020, and I say, wow. I thought he was not articulate then. He sounds like uh, he, he, he sounds like Albert Einstein in 2020 compared to who, what he sounds like now. The, the, the rare occasion where we actually hear him speak. And basically he's saying, no questions, no questions. Or muttering something that nobody can even understand. Muttering something incoherent. So here's the problem. By making it about the media's winning because they make it about age, right? It's not about age. And making it about age is like, well, okay, a lot of these people are old. McConnell's old. Pelosi's old. All these people in Washington are old. So age is not the biggest factor. It's not about age. It's that Biden, number one, has no idea what day it is, what day of the week it is, or what his name is. Biden's being controlled. He's being controlled by a bunch of uh, former Obama staffers, Susan Rice leading them. And, and, and literally, you have the, the, Obama is clearly pulling the strings with Joe Biden. I have no question, Obama, it's, it's, as somebody said on the radio, Obama, Ukraine, and China. Those are your three parties who are totally, totally controlling every move that Biden makes. So that's the terrifying part. And Biden can't stop them because... He, he, like I said, he's not in any position to even, you know, he, I don't think he, he, he can order breakfast in an articulate way. So Biden just has no idea. He just does whatever they tell him to do. So that's a terrifying, it's not his age, nothing to do with his age. It's the fact that he, if, if he was 50 and had these cognitive issues, we'd have the same problem. If he was 90, but had the sharpness of a young person, that would be fine too. It's, it's not the age, but he, uh, it goes even deeper. Because what the media is trying to do is, oh, it's about Biden's age, worried about Biden's age. They're stating the obvious, but what they're, what they're doing is they're setting it up so people can say, oh, well, Trump, Trump is basically the same age, right? What, four-year difference? Trump is 76, Biden is 80, right? So here's what everybody's saying. Everybody's saying, wait a second. How can you tell me Trump's not too old, but Biden in 2020 was too old, and Trump is basically the same age that Biden was in 2020, give or take? So the media set us up here where, oh, Trump is too old. If you, want, if you want to say that Biden's too old, well, then Trump is too old, too, because you were saying the same thing, Biden's too old in 2019. Trump is, Trump is the same age now, Biden was then. So the media, the fact that their voters are saying this, they're saying, well, Biden's age is a problem, but it's always Trump. The media is winning because by making it about age, number one, 
they're completely distracting from the real issue, which is that Biden's presidency is a disaster. The problem is when I say disaster, I'm understating it. I can't I can't come up with a word. It's a catastrophe on steroids. It's just insane. And number number two, well, okay, fine. Biden's age is a problem. But if Biden's age is a problem, then Trump's age is a problem. All right, so Senator, Senator Chuck Schumer getting a lot of flack. He lightened, loosened the Senate dress code to accommodate Senator John Fetterman. Now, look, I feel bad for Senator John Fetterman. I've said this many times. It's abuse. Sending Biden out there is abuse. Sending John Fetterman out there is abuse. They are abusing whoever is manipulating these people to be public figures. It is a very sad, I mean this, I'm not being facetious. Like, I, I feel compassion in my heart. John Fetterman, he has a lot of uh, health issues, and he should be um, healing somewhere. He should be in some, you know, somewhere, a facility or at home, you know, without the pressure of being a U.S. senator. Putting aside the fact that he's totally incapable of not just being a senator. I mean, he's incapable, I think, of being a, 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 a in charge of sanitation collection. But John Fetterman, not to insult the man, you feel bad. It's heartbreaking to just watch him. He's suffering. Hopefully he has a recovery. But it is what it is. It's sad, but he does not belong anywhere near the U.S. Senate. But now there's a different issue, which is that he wears a sweatshirt. And, he, you know, he looks like uh, he, he looks homeless when he walks into the Senate. So instead of doing something about that, and I don't know why, I don't know why. Now, look, if there's a health reason why he can't wear a suit and tie, I'm not a big stickler. You can imagine I'm not like the most formal person. I think you should have respect for the Senate and for the government and and for the position. So I do believe in a dress code. I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. Like that's I'm not like losing sleep. Oh, no, the people walking into the Senate in jeans and T-shirts and sweatpants. I don't think it's appropriate. But like I much if you told me that you had a senator who was wearing uh, a sweat, sweat, sweatpants and whatever, a sweatsuit, walking into the Senate, voting to cut spending, balance the budget, and close up the border, build a wall, et cetera, defund the Iran and all of that, I'd be thrilled. I'll take that over Chuck Schumer in a suit any day of the week. But anyway, the uproar here is that they don't like the fact that Chuck Schumer, in order to accommodate Fetterman, literally got rid of, this is hundreds of years, this goes back, this dress code. So you have a bunch of Democrats, and now they're trying to actually overturn it. Even um, Dick Durbin, Senator Dick Durbin, Illinois, Democrat, he's actually the Democratic whip. Uh, he said he's concerned. He said the Senate needs to have standards. Quote, the senator in question from Pennsylvania is a personal friend, but I think we need to have standards when it comes to what we're wearing on the floor of the Senate. We're in the process of discussing that and what those standards will be. Um, Joe Manchin, um, who's, who's you know a moderate, you'll call it, of West Virginia, he is circulating a resolution amongst Senate colleagues to reinstate the dress code. That would require that senators wear a jacket and tie or business attire on the Senate floor. So he's actually good trying to circulate something that would push it back into place. Look, like I said, I don't even think they should make that big a deal out of it. I think it's, again, it's a distraction. Okay, Senator, we don't like Federer's clothing. Really, his clothing? That's the most you can come up with? Well, yeah, other than that, we have no problem. That's, the, that's what's going on over here. That's the little invisible game happening is... Look at this man's clothing. We've got to get him dressed up. And they're saying that it's not a health reason. I don't know. I don't understand it. But I, I, I know he's, you know, he has a lot of cognitive issues, obviously, John Fetterman. So it's a sad situation. If there is a health issue, then I really say just make an exception for him. Why can't you just have the dress code and not enforce it with him? Wouldn't that be like the simplest solution? Assuming that there is, if there's no health reason, then there's no excuse. But let's assume that for whatever reason he needs to lose clothing, he needs to function, whatever. So just make an exception for the man. But like by talking about like making this a federal case, I mean, the country's falling apart here. Like the, 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 the entire Biden administration is a total disaster. And they're worried about what clothing the senators are wearing. Uh, we're, we're a laughingstock. All right. The New York City Council, as I said, they're busy removing statues. Another 
very, very crucial issue of our time. This is pretty much the next big crisis in America, is that there are statues of George Washington in New York City, and he owned slaves, and Jefferson owned slaves. I mean, this is egregious. It's just egregious, and they're rewriting history, and these people were not racist by owning slaves because it was a different culture. If nowadays somebody owns a slave, that person is a racist because culture, society have changed. But when you, in the year 1780, when George Washington was around with Thomas Jefferson, it was okay, perfectly acceptable to own slaves. Some of the slaves even were treated very well, by the way, and with dignity, but that's a separate conversation. But it, they are not racist, and these woke liberals are, are revising history because they want to destroy the founding fathers. And by the way, the city council already removed statues of Thomas Jefferson. But, like, literally, illegals are storming New York City. They're camping out in parks. They are literally tearing the city down brick by brick. They're, the, you know, the Roosevelt Hotel is overrun by illegals. They're, they're, they're camping out everywhere. It's just what, what's happening in New York City is it's like a third-world country. It's worse than any, than any third. It's as bad, I'll call it, as any third-world country. No, no hyperbole here. And New York City Council is advancing a plan to remove statues of George Washington, who I would remind you once fought against the British for New York City, then lost that battle, was forced to actually escape. They actually retreated off of New York City, and then, of course, eventually Trenton. I'm not going to go through the whole history right now, but it's actually fascinating, because Washington, there were very bloody battles in what is now Brooklyn. It wasn't even really Brooklyn at the time. There weren't really five boroughs, but you had the Brooklyn and even Jamaica, Queens area, and then Washington's people were stationed there. And then, again, I don't want to get into all the weeds of the battle, but I've read books about this fascinating stuff. How, you know, the Hessians, of course, and the British, they, they you know, they, they, they invaded and they invaded really through Staten Island and into Brooklyn, what's now Brooklyn. And then Trump, uh, uh, Washington retreated to <laughs> Washington, George Washington, Trump. I mean, it's not like a Freudian slip. And Washington, you know, then retreated to Manhattan and then he went up. He was in Washington Heights for a long time. Now it's called Washington Heights. He retreated over the East River, which now has the George Washington Bridge. So a lot of areas there that reflect the fact that George Washington, he was a real presence there. And now they're abolishing, they're canceling. Uh, George Washington. They're abolishing the memory of George Washington. So, and there are a bunch of things named after George Washington in the city, by the way. And literally, without George Washington, we would all be speaking in British accents. We'd all be sipping tea right now. And he's an enemy of the New York City Council. I want to read you here a quote from a story that I read. Um, if the statues of Washington are removed from New York City, the commies will have successfully eliminated the monuments of three of the four presidents who are on Mount Rushmore. The commies have done a great job of discrediting the American founding fathers, goal achieved. End quote. Chicago is spending $29 million on tents for illegals. Yes, the city of Chicago has signed a $29 million contract with a private security firm to move illegals to these massive winterized camps with tents. They're spending $29 million for winter tents, winterized tents, to house illegals. And that's compassion. That's compassion that these illegals are going to be sitting there sleeping, camping out in tents in the city of Chicago. And they tell us that they're the compassionate ones. Um, all right, uh, the Biden administration, meanwhile, has announced $325 million in additional funding for Ukraine. So unilaterally, they're using all these loopholes now. Trump did it to build a border wall. Biden does it to help um, line the pockets of the corrupt Zelensky. Uh, Biden met with Zelensky in the White House, and now they're sending $325 million. They're using a loophole to circumvent Congress. They're using the presidential drawdown authority to Ukraine. So the Pentagon's going to take weapons from existing stockpiles and transfer them to Ukraine. Unbelievable. Um, uh, Kevin McCarthy failed a key vote in the House. So this is interesting. We're going to keep an eye on this whole situation with Kevin McCarthy and, you know, funding the government. They're going to do like some kind of 
probably some kind of extension, what they call continuing resolution, short term or whatever. They, they have all these tricks. They, we, we know this. Every year they do this. They go through this charade, do all these tricks, end up uh, raising spending and end up working with the Democrats to do so, which is egregious. And, and I like Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy has done good things, but he's, he's about to have a revolt in the, now in the House. And basically he can't get conservatives to um, vote on things that he, proposals that he himself is putting forth and that Republicans are putting forth. The conservatives in the House are saying we're not interested in sending more money to Ukraine and in spending billions of dollars and trillions of dollars without cutting any spending. We're, like we're done. We put you into office specifically. You promised you'd cut spending if you became the speaker. They may call for a motion to vacate. Now, motion to vacate, I assume they still need to have a majority to vote against. And let's say they do a motion to vacate, which means they do a vote to basically remove Kim McCarthy from the speakership. I assume now they just need one House member to uh, put forth that motion, I think. But then they have the vote. And I think if the majority, I'm assuming, I don't know the rules, but I'm assuming they need a majority to actually vote against McCarthy. So I don't know that he that his job is in danger. But we'll keep it on that. Fox News, big news this week, bombshell. Rupert Murdoch has stepped down. 92 year old Rupert Murdoch has stepped down as chairman of Fox News. Lachlan Murdoch is taking over. And the question is, is Fox going to be now become more conservative because we know Fox News has shifted way over to the left. Trump doesn't is not a fan of Fox News as we know and he, for, he has every right not to be and with good reason. And meanwhile, Trump does not like Rupert Murdoch and feels Rupert Murdoch is a big part of the why Fox has shifted so far to the left. The question is is Lachlan Murdoch more um now why is Rupert Murdoch look, he's not young. Why is he stepping down? Nobody knows for sure, but some people feel that it's because of all the heat that he's taken from Trump and from conservatives. We don't know. Look, Rupert has done a lot of good things. Wall Street Journal, Fox News, done a lot of good things for the conservative movement. But look, you know, uh, there are people who feel that Lachlan Murdoch is actually going to take it, take Fox. And by the way, I have to mention something. The right wing, I, I didn't write this down earlier. I forgot this, but I thought of this as I was driving earlier. You know, I'm hearing about the far right. I'm hearing about the far right of the party. When they talk about the, the Republicans who do not support Kevin McCarthy's spending package and don't want to spend billions and trillions of dollars and are voting against McCarthy. I keep hearing the far right wing of the party, far right. They are the middle of the road of the party. They are centrist. OK, you want to call them slightly. You want to call them right leaning moderates. Fine. But I, I can't stand this. Things have shifted so far to the left to say that Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates and, and Jim Jordan, a bunch of conservatives, you know, real Reagan conservatives, to call them far-right extremists, far-right wing of the party, that's so upset. And we know why they're doing it, because they, they, they want to make it seem like the Democrats are – the Democrats, the most moderate Democrat is, is, is extremely radical left. The most moderate Democrat right now is so far to the left of somebody like John Kennedy or the old Joe Biden back in the 80s. And you, you pick me any Democrat right now from the 1980s, 1990s, Bill Clinton, the most, the most moderate Democrat right now is so much more extreme radical to the left than Bill Clinton was in the mid-90s. Go look at the policies. You'll see it for yourself. You know, Bill Clinton nowadays, they'd call him a conservative. They call him a moderate conservative. It's, 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 it's astonishing. And John Kennedy. So don't let them fool you with this label that, oh, the far right wing of the party. They're not far right. OK, they're the only normal ones. They're the only ones who are preventing our country from being hijacked by the woke radical left. But anyway, back to Lachlan Murdoch. Nobody really knows uh, what he's all about. But just one little inkling here in 2022, Murdoch delivered a speech to a conservative think tank in Australia saying he believes elites disdain traditional values. He spoke out against COVID shutdowns. He ripped the censorship of the uh, Hunter Biden laptop story. Um, so that speech hints that maybe he is pretty conservative. 
but who knows. But I do want to tell you what Trump, and I see this stuff we're just not going to get to here once again. Hopefully I got to everything that I teased. Probably not, but maybe it'll wait till next time. By the way, they did open an impeachment inquiry against Biden. I don't think Biden's going to get impeached, and I hope I'm wrong. And I know some of you think Biden shouldn't get impeached because Biden's the weakest candidate. So, you know, call said that to me. Let Biden, you know, let's not hurt Biden's chances of running again because that's our best shot. I hear that, but to me, just impeach the man. He's so corrupt. He's so dirty. Like, we got to start punishing people who deserve to be punished, okay? It's not just Republicans. By the way, Republicans get punished when they don't deserve to get punished. So we have to just start fighting back. That's what I believe. But I don't think he's going to get it. I think they're opening a picture inquiry. I think they're going to issue a whole report. But I don't think they're going to have the courage to impeach Biden. But let's see. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm not, I don't believe that as strongly as I believe that there won't be a government shutdown. But again, the final point here, uh, Trump actually put out a statement on Truth Social about Rupert Murdoch resigning, stepping down. Uh, Trump said, quote, many people are saying that, quote, you forced Rupert Murdoch into retirement, talking about Trump. He said, I do not believe this is so, but while we're at it, how about getting rid of Democrat Mitch McConnell, calls him a Democrat, who gives the radical left lunatics, together with a small band of automatic yes votes, everything they want. So ripping McConnell pretty much ripping uh, Rupert Murdoch, but Trump declines to take credit for, and, and for the uh, retirement or stepping down of Rupert Murdoch. Remember, Rupert Murdoch, in addition to the settlement with Dominion for $787 million um, with Dominion voting systems, uh, Rupert Murdoch, of course, fired Tucker Carlson just several weeks after, and they say it was part of the settlement with Dominion, but several weeks after Chuck Schumer on the Senate floor said, you've got to get rid of Tucker Carlson. You can't let him do what he's doing when he uh, released some of the footage from uh, the January 6th protest. Very, very revealing footage showing essentially the Capitol Police escorting a lot of the January 6th rioters, the insurrectionists, escorting them around the Capitol peacefully. So that was pretty astonishing. All right, that's going to do it for today. And I hope everybody has a wonderful Yom Kippur, uh, you know, uh, a meaningful Yom Kippur. I hope everybody has Gemara Kassimataiva. We should focus more on some of those issues one of these days. But that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.